gonna go brush my teeth I'll be back it takes long enough Where in the world is Magic Mike today? Welcome back. It is the Gooners Podcast, Season 6, Episode 47, and we are back. What is all that background noise that's just happened? Am I the only one hearing it? It's Mike Hernandez, 100%. Jeez. It's always Nothing Mike Hernandez. It's always Mike Hernandez, and it's always 100%. But we are back. Uh, Mikey, I've missed you so much, my man. I mean, I haven't even seen you. It's the independent <laughs> Yank in the house um, with the independent Mexican. How the hell have you been? <laughs> um, good, man. You know, as, as everybody knows, everybody, uh, I, recently there was a new a newborn brought into the household. Uh, I don't know who it belongs to, but it looks like me. So I'm just claiming left it. at the front step. And the <laughs> just, yeah, just all, all I heard like was Moses. And there, there he was, right? Uh, I was like, ah, I'm going to take a pint at this. I'm, I'm already raising another 48. So I, what's one more is, is what I said. But no, um, all healthy, is good, man. Happy, Just... getting a lot of milk. Happy, happy. Me or the me or the baby. <laughs> yes. Mike, Her- Mike, <laughs> yes. Mike Hernandez is to Mexican children what Corrada de Ville is to Dalmatians. <laughs> <laughs> What is a bitch? You know, I should. You know what Mexicans? You know what Mexicans call childbirth? Okay, this is Mike saying this, by the way. Uh, we just want to make that clear. Anal. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ! Okay. Oh, I should. I, sh- I should. Okay, that's one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nine. To, nine to go. Um. No, Owen. it's it's been good, dude. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Speaking of little babies, um, Owen, who I have now met. I mean, you look different. It's like, you know, when you um when you like see this woman or man depending on your taste and you're like you look at them and you you think you know what they're going to be like and then you sleep with them and you never quite look at them the same way again mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of what owen and i have going on right now uh i've i've met him i've smelled him i've touched him i've watched him iron clothes i've gently woken him up in the morning uh, it's been three weeks though since i've seen you buddy it's still and i'm still on the road but it is, yeah. And do you want to know what? You were in a way everything I expected you to be. Um, you, you didn't really like to walk very far. <laughs> you, 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 you drank a substantial amount in quite a short time. And um, you had a lot of local people looking at you during football matches when you were shouting probably quite inappropriate things at inappropriate times. So. Yeah, you checked all the boxes for me. <laughs> Those are the three things you anticipated for me, which uh, which is great. Um, Mikey, you're echoing, but I was going to try to type it in, but I've got to hold this microphone with one hand. So, um, so Andy, of course, is not here. He's doing something that I would have expected Mike to be doing, which is selling popsicles in Cancun, Mexico right now. Um, and, of course, Jared, who is the last and only TGPer that I have not yet met, 
turned down an opportunity to make that happen last Thursday when I was in Chicago for six hours. And apparently he's too busy tonight sticking his hand down a toilet to jump on the podcast. So, um, so it's a really dysfunctional group we have here. We're almost ABW-esque uh, when it comes to having large numbers of people and small number of people who actually feel like podcasting. So uh, tonight I am coming from you live, uh, coming to you live from Columbia, Missouri home of the Mizzou Tigers. Uh, it's been a great weekend visiting with my daughter and her friends for their father's weekend. And uh, you know who was born and raised about maybe a mile from where I'm sitting right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, do? There's like 8 billion people in the world. Um, um, the odds are stacked against me. Sir, who. Sir Joshua Reginald Rufus Jose Antonio Cronkey. Uh, this is this is Josh Kroenke's birth city, his uh, where he went to school, and I got to get the hell out of here before I start growing that weird beard that he has. So, um, yeah, Johnny, I miss you too. I honestly, speaking of the, I mean, we haven't done a regular podcast since before the last international break, so we've got a lot to cover when it comes to Arsenal, but we also have a lot to cover when it comes to, I mean, this this trip was just absurd and it's not even over yet I, I don't get home until tomorrow night but i think we were like 11th in the table last time we all met and and discussed the arsenal um and and i hadn't met anyone yet i hadn't met dana yet i hadn't met john yet i hadn't met daniel robert yet um all who are in the chat now and um uh you know th- there's just so much to talk about right now is, mike is there anything you want to like get out of the way anything i want to get out of the way yeah i'm actually curious about how the night went with the Invincibles preview. And I was just kind of curious as, as more stories, more parts get unveiled, Mike, when it when regards to Wenger and his, and his time at Arsenal, like, does it change your perspective at all? Because like, you know, I'm pretty set in stone the way I feel about him. And it's not, it's not, you know, I see this online thing where like, he's either a perfect or B you know, the most horrible thing to happen to this, this club. And I'm, I like to believe that I'm somewhere in between, but for, for somebody like, like you, that you get to go over there, you get to talk to the natives, you get to hear these the stories, you know, the, the natives, I, I had to get that in. Um, I, pro- I provided medical care to a number of natives <laughs> in need. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, the, these new stories that come out, like, does that do anything to change? Cause I know you're, you're way more susceptible to, to like changing your mind a little bit of me, me, I'm, I'm a stubborn fuck sometimes. So uh, just kind of curious, what was that all about, man? I mean, cause just, I imagine being in a room just surrounded by everybody, you know, all those legends, all those people hearing like the, the Vieira story of, of, you know, his first English words. I mean, that has well, yeah, to be like it, fucking insane. It, right. It, it, it is. I mean, the, the, and, and we're talking about the, uh, the Arsene Wenger, David Dean, uh, David Dean, uh, thing at the Palladium, which was uh, on the last night that I was in London. And it was, I mean, it's, it was an amazing event. You do get starstruck by the whole thing. I mean, just walking past you are, you know, half of the Invincibles team, David Moyes walks past you, Pat Rice. I mean, they're just, I mean, there's so many star power people there, but that, I mean, that's not, that's never going to change my opinion on, on Arsene Wenger. And, and, you know, there's been some great debates, most notably of which on the Highbury squad uh, late last week uh, about, you know, Arsene Wenger, uh, a, a point of view that I'm not personally hold, which is, you know, he's getting way too much 
respect right now and needs to be brought down a bit uh, by, you know, by talking about and reminding about uh, a lot of the, the failures that he had, especially in the second half of his career. But, I just think that, you know, Mike, time... do, you, do you think, do you think that that decision, right? So the, obviously this is a sort of, <coughs> excuse me, very divisive debate um, as my lungs are being divided. Um, but do you think that that's the club's responsibility more so than Arsene Banger's responsibility himself? Was it like, it's very difficult for these people with those emotional connections to let go. Do, do you think that it was up to the club itself to, to maybe move Arson on before he damaged his reputation? Um, yeah, I mean, for those who think that he did damage his reputation, and I'm one of them, um, just by really kind of stubbornly keeping this, keeping the the the. the this, you know, keeping things the same and trying to work out the same things. I really, I really do think he kind of overstayed his welcome. But the reason I think he overstayed his welcome is because he had a ownership split that was essentially just craving one common thing that could keep the club going forward. I mean, if 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 the Cronkies who had majority ownership and Usmanov who had minority ownership, but wasn't you know wasn't they weren't quite seeing eye to eye on things. I don't think. If, um, you know, if if that had been allowed to fester without kind of the the rudder of the ship being Arsene Wenger, keeping things going straight, I think we might have actually on the one hand, I think things would have fallen apart a little quicker than they did. On the other hand, I think something might have been done about it sooner. So it, it's hard to look back. But I just you know, I, I do blame a lot of, of, of you know, of, of what happened on on the club, giving Arsene Wenger way too much power way too much control, no accountability. Some of the things that happened, I, I fully agree, in the last five or six years under his, uh, you know, under his stewardship on the downside, you know, he won some FA Cups, which is fantastic. I, I don't discount that. But on the downside of things, I think, that, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that happened that really gave us a lot of where we now find ourselves today was because he was given too much control with no power. He, Ivan Gazidis was not a check on his power. Uh, certainly no one else was. And, uh, and as long as he kept getting top four, no one realized anything was wrong until we stopped getting top four. And by that point, the things that were causing the slide were already well into motion. So, um, you know, to, to kind of circle back to the original question from Mike, it didn't change my mind. I think he is a legend, perhaps the best coach coach that Arsenal's ever had. Um, I would, I would throw George Graham in there if, if we're taking out the way things ended and just talking about uh, the way they did the team. I mean, my personal experience is that George did something that um, that revolutionized our team. Arson kind of revolutionized the game uh, and then completely lost sight of where the game was going. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I think he deserves can I, can respect. I, can, can I just ask this here? And I know that this is my last question before because we have some banterous stuff to move on to as well, but See on the night, Mike. I know it's hard to sort of to judge and, and and put into words what an atmosphere felt like. But did it feel like a celebration of Arsene Wenger's success, or did it feel like people were gathered for a public interrogation? If you know what I mean, were people there to seek answers, or, or did it just feel completely completely celebratory? It was one thousand percent celebratory. It was a positive event. It was a group hug for both Arsene Wenger and David Dean. But, I mean, David Dean was the one doing most of the hugging of, of Arsene Wenger. I mean, he, 
he was, uh, as they say in the wrestling uh, industry, he was putting Arsene Wenger over in a massive way. Um, no, it was a celebration of Arsene Wenger. And I think that's what what's sticking in a few people's craws right now is that, you know, we're, we're still not out of this hole that many people believe Arsene Wenger contributed towards us being in. And, you know, and, and so, you know, to celebrate and blow smoke and, and, you know, and, and like wipe away some of the things that people are still feeling is it, I can understand why that would leave a bad taste in some people's mouths, but the people who have that bad taste in their mouth were not at the Palladium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably I, because I, they couldn't afford to be at the Palladium. But that I mean, it, <laughs> it was ridiculously priced. It was for charity, um, and uh, you know, I'm sure they had to, to to bump the prices up because I'm sure the number of complimentary tickets that they probably gave to like 90 or 100 legends. I mean, it, it really was just kind of wall to wall, you know, wow, I can't believe that person's right next to me. And, and so in that sense, it was cool. Um, Did you, you know, get um, many Axe players approaching you looking for selfies and autographs? Uh, I had one person who actually came up and said, and was waving to me. And I, it took me a second because I, I was just, I was like a little, my eyes were glazed over and I'm, and I didn't want to be like, he was waving to me but it was actually to the person behind me. And then I waved back and looked like an idiot. Like I've done that so many times in my life. Mm-hmm. So I kind of ignored him. And then I realized who it was. And I, and I like made a beeline over to say hello. It was Colin Lewin, who, I mean, is just the, the sweetest, greatest person. I, I'm surprised he recognized me because, you know, he'd only been on the pod once, but he was sitting, you know, kind of, I think he was in the paid seats as opposed to the the special guest seats, which is which is wrong because you know in every video that they showed during the montage of Arsene Wenger not being able to zip up his jacket, mm-hmm. Colin Lewin Colin Lewin's in the background sitting on the bench trying not to laugh, which is mm-hmm. which is hilarious. But now Colin was there, and 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 yeah, no one else had any goddamn clue who I was. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, um, he actually did I think recently a podcast with Ben Foster, and I never realize how much of an impressionable guy he he was you know he he seems like an absolute gentleman and some of the stories he told about back in those days was absolutely phenomenal but mike i'm gonna throw over you i think what we should do now is throw up some um video evidence of some of the mischief that was uh had over the course of your trip which i was happy to be a part of at at portions and we can dissect it with mike and the chat yeah the- um can I can I bring up one more uh, serious conversation before we six get into the absolute? Yeah, because... it, it was six and a half inches and about three and a half inches girth. Uh, that's well, exactly that's what it. I mean, that was, that was like the Andy's, actual question, so I'll call Andy's it. Andy's used that so many times. <laughs> what no, your um, thing or that joke? During during the time in England, uh, you know, the the interview dropped with Josh Cronkey, and I, I know that he divides a lot of opinions. Um, I'm going to say like 10, 1090. Most people don't like him. And when he speaks, it's not very well welcome, even though I, I, I will say that I've always found it confusing that fans ask for more communication. And even though these might be kind of just flat pre-written interviews, it's still giving you, you, you some type of in, insight in, in my opinion. So I, I think you kind of you ask for it. He's given it to you. You can't bash him for being silent and you can't bash him for giving the interview. That's my opinion on that. However, he did bring up something that that we got into our own chat with, and he said that since 2018, when he outright owned the company, the Cronkies, his dad, and bought out Usmanov, that's kind of when he took out. Want to say something, Mikey? 
the, the company. Huh? <laughs> just, the, yeah. the company, the club. Arsenal Did I say Football company? Daddy. I, I am dead. I am dead now. Damn Yang calling it a company. He, he, he owned the franchise. He, he took over the franchise the in franchise. 2018. He, he took over the franchise completely in 2018. And that's when he, you know, uh, I, I pointed out that that's when Arsene Wenger was given the golden handshake or however your interpretation of him leaving left. And that's when we saw a few changes in the board. Granted, we stumbled at the beginning, but there was a clear line of change of how the the club was going to operate since 2018. So, oh, and I'm going to bring you into this. Yeah. Some people hold him accountable mostly since 2007 when he was majority shareholder. Mm-hmm. I myself understand his his like their ideology and why he potentially waited until 2018 when he outright owned the club. So, where do you stand <laughs> when it regards to, you know, accountability and you think Seeing it in on as as hard as this is to to answer on Kroenke's perspective, looking at somebody else owning 40 percent of the club, if you're in his shoes, do you want to make major changes and and you know invest your own money, knowing that ultimately your goal is to buy the club out? Well, look, this is a really difficult one because on one hand, I'm I align with the majority of the fan base and not thinking too. Too, too kindly towards KSE as a whole. But what I will say is that you can't fault Josh Josh Cronkey for uh, the way he conducts himself in these sort of media um, interviews and the way he puts himself across, the way he answers the question. He's very, very good, and he comes across as actually quite a likable guy, I think, as well. So in terms of a front man, he seems like the polar opposite to Stan, which is nice to see. Now, what I will say is that I completely understand the theory that they have of well if we are um in a split business with uh, another party that we don't think too much of and that we don't entrust uh, with the business best interest why would we want to pump more money into the club therefore making it more valuable which will make it in run will will make it cost us more to buy out the club as a whole further down the line valid point completely valid point which i completely get and respect and if i was in the same situation i would probably do the same but with kse when they say they only really hold themselves accountable uh, for i'm paraphrasing obviously they only really hold themselves accountable from two, 2018 onwards my response to that would be yes you didn't want to invest your money but it wasn't just money that we needed it was decisiveness and, and change and things like moving on Arsene banger sooner like changing the bathroom staff, like getting a director of football in, you know, all these things that could have been done, contract negotiations with with players, you know, with Aaron Ramsey, um, Robin Van Persie, uh, Alexis Sanchez, all players' contracts running down and nothing done about them whatsoever. So they are accountable in um, in some shape or form. But what I will say is this, okay, and I, w- I was listening to Andrew's uh, podcast the other day and he hit, the nail on the head it's something that i've been saying for a very very long time you don't need to be overly educated or indulged in the field that you own the business in you don't need that you know i remember somebody saying to me uh before if uh if you're a good businessman you can set up the business leave it in the right hands and you never have to look at it you know the money will just come into your bank every month and that's a good businessman and in a way that's what the cronkies are they don't really get in the way very much they're not going to be too involved but what they have done uh, what their feelings have been is appointing and instilling the trust in the wrong people 
over and over and over again. And I think now, by luck, by chance, whatever it is, I think they may have landed on the right sort of combination. Um, and it's funny because I started watching Ted Lasso <laughs> for the first time last night. And something it gave me is, is, is that it's easy to go and look for the best tactician, the best this, the best that. But what you can't doubt, what Mikhail Arteta and Edu and Josh and Vinay, whoever, all of them, what you can't doubt what they have done is galvanise this dressing room. Because what I'm seeing from Arsenal at this moment in time is something that I haven't seen for a very, very, very long time. And it's people willing to run, fight, die for the badge on the shirt. And they've become a much more likeable group of players. So when she can criticise KSE for their lack of investment over that period you were talking about um, prior to 2018 or their lack of decisiveness, you can say that they are making a visible effort. We were the highest spenders in Europe um, in the last transfer window. Uh, the fans have asked for um, communication. We're getting that. Uh, so, yeah, look... That I didn't like the comment, don't judge us over the course of a 48-hour period, but things are said in, in the heat of the moment and they can come across in the wrong way. But what I will say is that KSE have a long, long way to claw back, to be back to any sort of kind of acceptable reputation within our fan base. But what I will say is that if there's anybody that has done anything good to make that happen, it has been Josh. Yeah, I mean, the... the, the uh... The goal that I had for Josh in my mind after, you know, after hearing what he said a couple of years ago was to that he needed to differentiate himself from his father. And instead, what I kept hearing was, and I don't know if he's still doing this. I actually didn't see the interview uh, that he gave. I, I'm like Arsene Wenger. I didn't see it, except I actually didn't see it. Um, and, um, you know, the but. I, I kind of know the things that he says and, and, he, and he does not do himself any favors sometimes when it comes to saying things that can very easily be taken out of context. He does it all the time. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I hope that he's starting to kind of climb out of his dad's shadow and realize that he doesn't have to throw his father under the bus and cause family problems and get disinherited of the, of the you know fortune that's coming to him. Uh, in order to allow Arsenal fans to understand that he's going to run the club in a different way. Um, to me, Stan Kroenke ran the club from the moment he got majority ownership and, and was able to make decision-making power uh, to the moment where they truly had the ability to make 100% uh, decisions without worrying about an, another another person involved. Um, you know, I, I it's one thing to say... In, in a business where you have a CEO who has the power to make all the decisions, the buck stops there. Everything is their fault. Uh, if it doesn't go right, it's their fault. If it does go right, it's to their credit uh, with the people that they appoint underneath them leading to that success or failure. Um, when you talk about ownership and doing things that impact the value of the club and the stability of the club and, and or the instability of the club, if you keep chopping and changing – that's not as easy to to to, to mitigate, and so I, I do believe some. Hey, Kevin, um, I do believe some level of uh, you know the the time between 2007 and 2018 was not quite the same as after 2018, and you've seen the changes that they've done. You've seen the changes in the in the level of spending. 
You've seen the changes in the willingness to accept a sunk cost and just move on from it, which I, you know, you wish you didn't have that many sunk costs, but, but we're doing that rather than continuing to, to try to, you know, to milk something out of uh, Kalasinak and Mustafa. I mean, we're finally just sweeping the decks and moving on. We changed the, the, the structure within the club from what we thought was the right one in 2019 to what appears to be on track to be a better one now. They're, they're trying. They're not just laying down and saying, all right, we don't have Champions League football anymore. We're going to stop spending money so that the payables match the, the receivables and just become a mid-table club and be happy with it. They, they're trying to get back. And, and I, do, I do think that the, you know, more, more so than some people in the chat, more than, than Mass Gunner I know, uh, certainly more than Russ, I, I do give something of a retrospective pass on the things that happened in that meantime. I wish it hadn't happened. Different decisions should have been made. But there are circumstances, you know, just as the, the wealth of the game gets massive through TV contracts, just as that happens, we're the only club that is saddled with the level of stadium debt that we had. Just as that, you know, that happened, and we think financial fair play is actually going to be something that keeps the level playing field. It turns into a complete sham, and instead of being the best prepared to come out the other side, there was no other side. I mean, I, I can make excuses, and I realize that many people will see them, you know, see see excuses made, but. Um, you know, I'm focused on the now. And just like with Arsene Wenger going back and saying, do I, you know, do I forgive all the stuff that happened and just ready to celebrate his life? If we're, if we're getting back in the Champions League, if we win something, if we, I mean, challenge for the league, if we really become a force over the next few seasons, all this stuff is going to be water under the bridge. People are going to be looking at it like they did the late 70s and early 80s, um, you know, and, and hopefully saying, you know, that was a cyclical period in our club's life. And and now we're back where we belong, and that's all I can you know, all I can say about that. I I, uh, I you know I don't think just a complete change, a brand new owner coming in, and you know, and 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 ripping everything up and doing everything all over again is 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 the right thing. I'm I'm actually really turned on by the way that we're heading forward, and it's mostly I mean it, it's so hot. Uh, it's mostly because of what you said, Owen. That the the players seem to really want to be here. And that can be contagious. So, um, is that the answer you were looking for, Mike? <laughs> no, I, I really enjoy the the dialogue that it sparked because, yeah, I, I you guys already know my process. I, I agreed with their mentality in the sense that he was at odds with Uzmanov. He wanted him out, and I, I think it was a shitty business thing to do um, in our eyes because we're supporters of the club and we wanted the club to do well, but. Ultimately, I, I think I understand. I give him the benefit of the doubt, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like, I understood why. And since 2018, it's fairly clear cut that there's been changes. So I, at I'm the just, very least, his actions are, are you know, there for people to analyze and say, hey, so there was something to the comment that he made because there is a clear direction that the club took. Whichever one of you changed my name, I thank you very much for that. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm, I don't want to debate this really because I want to move on, but, but let me just throw this out there. And maybe this will be the most ignorant thing ever said because I know Jesus, this, man... this could be bad. <laughs> no, can't be, it can't be worse than anything said on the Gooner talk. So go ahead, Mike. 
<laughs> that's true. That 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 thing sucks. Um, we 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 always fantasize about what it would be like if things went the other way, and we would you know because we know that you know money would have been spent, or at least we think it would have been. But why does Alisher Usmanov not get any blame by? I mean, you know, and I'm I'm taking a complete devil's advocate view here by not selling sooner, by not kind of admitting defeat in the corporate takeover that we, of the company of Arsenal Football Club, you know, they, he, he just seems to be completely blameless because people viewed him as, you know, as our Roman Abramovich that never got the chance to be. I'm not so sure about that. So, you know, did, did him, I mean, did from 2011 to th- 2018, did red and white holdings or whatever the name of his, his company is. I mean, did that hold us back? Just yeah. Well, I, I, I would argue probably more so than the Cronky ownership, to be honest with you, because when you talk about <clears throat> no, they get, I mean, he gets no hate for anything. When you He's talk about the period of, up trees at Everton either. When you talk about the period of decline, that was when it was most dramatic. That was when it was most telling. That was when Arsenal were completely slipping away. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Hertz, what do you think? Sorry, I was looking up the shares, and I, I think from what I saw is he owns fifty percent shares of Everton. I, I could be completely wrong because I, I'm finding a lot of articles. But uh, to to Mike's point, yeah, if if he he if he does own a large share in Everton, and he was the one that was going to salvage us, right? Why isn't he doing it in Everton? I mean, he's he's they've purchased a few good players in the last couple of years, but it's nowhere near the sugar daddy world that we, we live in now. Right. And I mean, I'll, even on that subject, I I believe billionaire like Uzmanov, like Kroenke's Daniel Ek, they're becoming almost irrelevant to to the billions that are, are being bought and used for Chelsea's of the world, Manchester City's of the world add set you know championship level newcastle next season to the world i mean they're, they're going to have one of the richest owners in the world and look like the daniel Ek thing like if people wanted daniel Ek right because this this whole idea that like he's going to come and spend the money and show that he cares whatever he's the fuck fan. that means he's a fan that's he's that's a why fan. Want yeah a fan but I seen Mike okay, okay, like, checking his bank balance while in london he's got more fucking money than daniel Ek. There you go. I did before I got the trip. Before the trip. But to to that, though, like people think like a fan, right? I I don't know every owner that is at every single game. One. Two, you could say you want a fan, but if Daniel Ek doesn't put at least the same amount of money and outlay that Cronkies have been doing since 2018, fans will inevitably be upset. A a fan, no way Arsenal Football Club fans, well, company, just for for bands, will will sit there and say, oh, he, you know, he also chose not to buy a outfield player this summer, but he's a fan. No way, dude. What fans want is to see some type of investment or some type of a strategy to to at least keep up with the Joneses. And, it's a, and we it's a romanticism thing with with Daniel Ek that, that he want you know he wants to rescue the club and he would do everything and, and ironically since he showed interest in rescuing the club the club's doing a pretty good job of rescuing itself. Uh, oh yeah. Oh thanks. I, I was going to bring that up. Uh, yeah, Kevin so, so we have, Campbell. Do you know him, Mike? By any chance? Um, the name strikes. I don't know. I felt like I've seen one it. Of the, 
I think he was one of the people that came up to me at 12 pins and asked me for a selfie. Um, I I think that might have been – he was one of two people. I can't remember. After Lee after, Judges? After yeah, he yeah, rejected well, Lee Judges, of course, right? Well, Lee oh, was – is it Lee Judges' friend, Kevin? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Lee's, Lee's friend from Manchester. Um, <laughs> Kevin, who I love. Um uh, who, and, and and would and would have a better understanding of this. And again, I I prefaced and 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 said what I said about Usmanov just kind of as a you know again I'm this is from the outside looking in. Uh, Kevin points out uh, Usmanov didn't have a seat on the board, um, so you know please don't even go there. I mean, that, that's all do, that's do you reckon uh, just, just just to take us back into banter territory because I come on here for a laugh and we've talked about ownership for a half an hour. Do you think that? That's how fucked up the modern generation are. The joke I made about Kevin being Lee Judge's friend. You reckon that there's youngsters out there that think that like Aubameyang is just troops from AFTV's fucking mate? Oh, I mean, what I saw, what I see, and 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 you know, Kevin knows this because we talked about it. I'm like, what I see happen in, I'm walking around with Lee Judges on multiple occasions, and he just, I mean, people will not leave him alone, and 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 it's great because Lee's a, Lee's a great guy. He's, he loves the attention. He's, I mean, he's not, he doesn't get even remotely egotistical about it. So it's fun to watch that. But then when you see people doing that while Kevin's standing right there, or <laughs> Dan Potts told a story about how he was, he identified uh, Kenny Sampson standing outside the, uh, the, the stadium after a game and people kept coming up to him asking for selfies because of his uh, media, you know, attention that's on him and 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 like kenny almost almost got asked to like hold the camera and stuff i mean it's just like that but that's that's the way youtube is today but 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 what i loved was that last night the watford game seeing uh kevin get the adoration and and that's a video unfortunately that's a video i did not upload um but they showed it on the highbury squad of of kevin just like getting absolutely mobbed in the 12 pins singing his name and and he's in the middle of it, just enjoying it and 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 giving it back. So you know, I do love I I do love seeing that, and and uh, the club needs more of that. And I and I and I've said this. I'm not just saying this because he's here, and because he shot me down over Usmanov, um, and I'm trying to get back in his good favor. But um, if every club had a Kevin Campbell in their fan base because Kevin really is a fan now, and he says it first and foremost. If every club had a Kevin Campbell in their fan base, there would be more harmony and unity within the fan base because that's, I mean, that's his mission. He is an ambassador to the Arsenal fan base and a connection to from the past to the present, from the untouchables on the other side of the wall who actually work and play for the club and the fans who who go to games and go to pubs and, and just try to enjoy themselves. So... Um, you know, that was one of the the very highlights of, of the trip was just seeing him with a smile on his face, jumping up and down, getting mobbed and and uh, and, and just generally enjoyed for who he was. So. Um, so, yeah, let's 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 talk about more moments like that. Um, what I, I have some videos that I want to that, that will play and I don't really know what they're, they're kind of just all over the place. But um, one of them was. From early in the trip, uh, I'm going to get this one out of the way. Um, people asked, why are you celebrating a 95th minute equalizer between Arsenal and Crystal Palace 
when Crystal Palace clearly are, you know, they suck. We're supposed to beat them all the time. Hey, guess what? They don't suck. But, um, you know, why would you even celebrate that? And the reason is because it's a 95th minute equalizer. I mean, what? I don't, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, in that moment, are you going to sit back and like talk, look at, you know, look at the last five years and the gradual steady decline that we're on? And I mean, no. And, and frankly, we always struggle with Crystal Palace, so getting a point shouldn't be that big of a deal. But this uh, was probably a bit overboard. <laughs> Now, a few things here. Explain first yourself. All, okay, first of all, do you remember when Willian had that picture taken of him and it turned out it was just like this weight belt thing that the, that, that he was wearing and he was and he didn't actually gain all that weight? You same, are you getting game day and cardio all same, in the one? Same same thing happened there. Second thing, as Don Juan uh, pointed out, yes, uh, I did put my shirt back on inside out. Um, and and third, the guy behind me started the whole shirt taking off thing. Um, you know, I just wanted to fit in. I like to assimilate into when you, the, wait, the wait, when, when you say started, it really just looked like it was you and the dude behind you who had their tops on. It, it looks like oh. you intimidated him. You saw like one person. It was Mardi like, Gras. Take off it your was Mardi Gras. Block 29 Mardi Gras was happening at that point. Um, and, um, you know, it, I, I know it wasn't captured on film, but there was at least two, 300 people uh, with their shirts off and um, uh, minus 198. Uh, but the, uh, I mean, you know, there's not, if you can't enjoy the moments, then I'm sorry. I, I, I wish you luck in your future endeavors. But like, you know, I, I, I get it. After that game, it started sinking in. You know what? We're, the last two games we played because it was Brighton before the break and then that one after the break. Um, or am I completely missing something there? Um, well, either way, uh, you know, a little underwhelming performances should have done better, but uh, you know, a loss is a big deal. And with that one and the three after them, it's 18 games I've seen at the Emirates without I'm just ignoring the question because this is like the ninth pregnancy question I've seen on the podcast today. Uh, whether it's about me being pregnant or me having impregnated some like bed sheets or something while I was over in London, when the kid's going to be born. I mean, I you know I'm used to Mikey getting these these questions, not me. But uh, oh God, this is, <laughs> when Mike's shirt came off, I thought it was the new roof for the Emirates. <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, um, that was a fun moment um, until it really kind of fit, uh, you know, it kind of sunk in. Another one was um, away days. Um, one of the best experiences, and I was really gutted that there was only one Arsenal away day out of five games while I was over, but the one away day was every bit what you would want an away day to be. That was the Leicester game. Um Starts at 8.30 in the morning with beers at the at St. Pancras, waiting for the rest of the crew to show up. Ends at about midnight after uh, after a train ride home. Um, 
but like just these little things of, of, of gathering in another pub. And it just so happened that that morning, just before we had to head over to King power was the draw for the next round of the league cup. And if you were watching this and didn't see the television, if you only saw the people in the pub, you would have thought this was the FA cup final that we were watching, not the draw for the quarterfinals of the league cup. But, uh, but this just, for some reason, this stuck out as a really funny memory for me in the, uh, I forget what the name of this pub was, but it was, uh, not far from the train station in Leicester, but this, this, this was fun. I mean, that's, that basically matches the experience I had in 2014 when I was in San Francisco at the pub and we, and we pulled out the FA Cup in extra time. I mean, that, and it was for a draw, uh, which we probably will end up going and losing or something. You know, something. No, there, was some, there was a bit of a backstory behind that, though. Wasn't Sunderland's manager sort of chatting shit about Arsenal prior to the draw, about he, us not being a big team? Really yeah, he's, yeah, he said he hoped to draw Arsenal or Spurs and then he'll worry about the bigger teams later on in the oh, tournament. All right. yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, there was a considerable number, of, and that was called the Counting House. Thank you, Fergus. Um, it, it, um, there was a considerable number of people there that I think that were, you know, who, who think that we're through to the semifinals already. Uh, and I wouldn't be so sure, but it was just a fun, fun experience. Um, so this was um, the night. At, well, no, let's start with the night of the Villa game because now Owen's in town. We've met, we've, 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 we've embraced. Are you sure um, you want to dive right in at the night? Jesus, that was, was a well, long day, you know, folks. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a lot of, well, I have some pictures from that day. So let me, uh, let me go through some of the pictures first because the Tollington, I mean, you know, we, we went to a couple places before we got to the Tollington. Um, but the, um, let me see. Where's the pictures here? But the Tarlington gathering was just, I mean, before the Villa game, we've got, there's Fergus in the middle, uh, Chris from Burkamp Wonderland, Jace from Burkamp Wonderland, Simon Collins, the best looking man in the world. Um, Tom Canton, uh, former best looking man in the world when he was 18. Um, now he's looking old. There you are hanging out with your, with your, your true podcast hero. Right yeah, next to him. Probably, um, yeah. What a guy. Yep. And um, we got uh, Suburban Chris. We've got Oscar from, um, I mean, just, just the, and there's Russ in the background. I mean, the, the, that day was the greatest. When it comes to meeting people you have and both and haven't met before, on, just all in one place, it was just like a whirlwind. I mean, now, Owen, you, I mean, you were in for like 48 whirlwind hours. So tell yeah. me, what was the tally and what was that whole day like for you? But it all started a bit because it was one of the first things I said to you, which was that obviously prior to travel, I was flying from Dublin, coming from Northern Ireland down to Dublin to fly over. And I was really concerned about the, you know, the checks for 
vaccination certificates, this, that, and the other. Not a thing. I got to London, and Jesus Christ, there's no such thing as the pandemic there. It was the first thing I thought. <laughs> so um, obviously getting over there was a bit of a relief because I was like, there's going to be some form of hiccup. But um, it was funny because when we got there, obviously we had the, the Arsenal-Aston Villa game planned for, for the Friday night. We had the... Uh, Crystal Palace Newcastle game in 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 the book for the Saturday, and then West Ham and Spurs on the Sunday. And I said to you that if we're because we were sort of fifty fifty whether we wanted to go to that Crystal Palace Newcastle fixture, and I said um, maybe we shouldn't drink too much today, and we should enjoy this game sober tonight, and 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 then we can just go to the pub all day tomorrow, and. Uh, that was far from what happened. Uh, I think, like, literally, we finished our breakfast and then said, fuck this, let's go to the pub. So things spiraled yeah, you, downhill pretty quickly from there. You wanted your Guinness at noon. Um, yeah. And, and, and Guinness at noon for an 8 p.m. kickoff is never going to lead to what you were suggesting. So, um, but, yeah, just, I mean, I I really, really enjoyed that. Um, just so I just much wanted fun. to confirm something that Danny brings up a lot. Does, does Chris actually talk like a pirate? Like I picture Chris, like you know that character from Dodgeball, one that believes he's a pirate. <laughs> no, but it's, I just but assume I can, that's can, like real can, life. Our something else. Tom <laughs> Canton's head is in the sky. That dude's huge. Like I'm not small. Like Mike, I think you made a comment that you were expecting me to be to be shorter than I was. But fuck me, Tom Canton's like a giraffe. Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's big. Not when he's lying down. He's not. No, no. Now, now uh, this may look like the picture I took last time he slept on my couch at, at Highbury, but this is the picture from this time that he slept on my couch at Highbury. Uh, <laughs> I have a collection going, and I'm going to release the scrapbook called Tom in Bed, um, and it's uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. A few a few more trips over, and I'll have that. Um, so. Let's see. Well, did, did your message not ask you when you get back, like, you know, scanning through the phone, looking at your pictures from your beautiful time away and say, Michael, why have you got so many pictures of young men unconscious on your sofa bed? Because this seems I mean, like a bit of a running theme. It's the women she, has, she has the problem with. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I got nothing in there of that. Uh, I didn't get close to a woman the entire time I was in England. So, um, of course, that was by... Oh. Um, that was by legal. Uh, it was by legal Virginia. Yes, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I it. Uh, I don't think she'll look through my pictures, but she's certainly welcome to if uh, if if she would like. I was a good boy, um, you know. I I don't go over there for that. So um, so yes, John was taller. I mean, I I always John is fucking made... tall. He's he's big enough, dude. Too Jesus, everybody's. Oh, and what are you? Five two. Everybody's taller than you. No, no, John. Me and John are about the same height. Six foot. One okay. of you is considerably shit. more masculine. Six foot. What is Tom like? Six? What is he like? Six four? Six five? He's six, he's six foot ten. Wait, who's six more ten? masculine? I don't like that. Jesus. That's an open ended question. I'm not sure which side of the fence I lie on that. Well, one Judgment. of you, one of you plays pool, and the other was a was a police officer. So, uh, although I do, I you know that that doesn't give you credit for your your past. <laughs> so, uh, so, so we'll take that. We'll take that off camera. Um, so, where's the next one here? We have uh, the night after, or the morning after the. Oh wait, no, we have to go to the night after the Villa game. Ola misses his final train, of course. Comes back to the apartment with Owen and I, and I think we've, um, I think we've kind of gone over this, but um, I wanted to take a nap. 
and then and then start going again and they they wouldn't let me so it just kind of happened The two, the two of your giggling, is the is the soundtrack to late late Friday night, the the uh, the twenty second. I mean, just the, the giggling that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, I mean, that man, that man, that was one of my highlights. Was Mick Nala, um, another man with an absolute love for Guinness, and another man for, with absolute love for for torturing you in in very immature ways. So me and him oh. got on perfect. He he is the best. He is so so much fun to be around. Except if you know if something embarrassing happens, don't expect him to not whip out the phone and start taking. I'm surprised video. like Na- National Geographic or Dave- David Attenborough doesn't play Ola to be their on-site cameraman because fuck that dude's fast. He's so yeah, quick. I, I, I mean, I mean, I, I I almost expect pictures of me breaking the chair to to exist as it was happening, but you know, pretty pretty soon afterwards. So uh, this is. I like that. Sorry, I, I like that explanation, Mike. You should go with that from Maskinner, which is he's meditating. Yeah, I, I, I was, and um, and and so yes, here we go with the uh, the most embarrassing yet funny yet amusing moment of the entire trip. Um, the first of two chair collapses at Hyper. <laughs> Mike broke the chair. Man. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Mike broke the chair. I, <laughs> Yo, bless, the chair. bless you, bless you for showing that, dude. I, love oh, that. I mean, look, if you can't show your most embarrassed, I mean, it's, all right. So far in the last twenty minutes, I've 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 shown me myself breaking the chair and not having a shirt on. If you can't make fun of yourself, then what is you know what is life all about? But just Ola's voice in this thing is it, it, it's pure bliss. Mike broke the chair, man. I mean, I'm gonna play it again. Listen to this. Mike broke the chair, man. Oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Mike broke the chair. Man. <laughs> I just anytime I get depressed or like think that I don't have like funny friends or anything like that. I mean, I don't usually think that, but uh, but that. That, just the soundtrack of that from Ola is is gold. I absolutely yeah. love it. That needs to win an award next year on the uh, on the football content awards. But, <laughs> um, the next morning, and it, this this starts a little slow, but the next morning, uh, this was the scene at the uh, at the Feinberg Homestead in in Highbury. Sleeps with his thumb in his mouth. <clears throat> Fucking hate Tottenham. 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 Tottenham get better <laughs> everywhere we go. They go. <laughs> Tottenham get better everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. <laughs> Come on, time for a beer.
And I believe I, I believe I then cracked open a beer at that moment. Yeah. I was like, this dude's got problems. <laughs> they're, they're, they're very focused, temporary, intentional problems. Now, I, I don't want people to think that, like, this is every day for me. This is not my life. I hold, I hold down a job. I hold down a career. I have a family. I don't, you know, nine times out of ten, this is not what I'm doing. But I was, I was on, I was on the, uh, you know, I was on a, on a bender. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, so what, what am I going to do? I um, I'm never going to share a room with you, Mike. You have that. Actually, yourself. You're I'm recording twenty four seven, dude. No, I'm actually really pleasantly surprised because um, I was in the military um, quite a while ago, and um, whilst at battalion doing 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 some training exercises, um, uh, one of the gunships uh, landed a helicopter landed right beside. Um, our barracks and it was absolutely insanely loud it woke everybody up and i didn't even know that this had happened until the next morning because i sleep so heavy so um fair play to you mike you'll be a good alarm clock for me you know um i i don't love people sharing rooms with me either because i mean there are just noises and sounds and, and aromas that come from me that i don't need the whole world to know about um but you know this was a two-bedroom place so it was it was all right um and uh you know i wouldn't have gotten the uh i would have had to record myself giggling at myself for falling through a chair and, and you don't want that um danny points out that uh the two of us almost got almost got nicked in um in uh the town of huntington huntingdon uh for shoplifting crunchies the first two things we do after danny picks me up from the train station and what a pleasure it was to meet danny his daughter uh, his daughter's mom. Um, I mean, just uh, it was everything I always w hoped it would be. And I have I have a picture and a video to show you in a minute from that as well. But what would you think the first two things that we would do upon meeting, upon meeting uh, after picking me up at the train station would be, Mike? What what would you think Danny would go want want to go do? Kiss. I'm giving you a chance to get number two out of the way. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> lagging behind. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, dude. You know what it was is is Danny made me feel bad for 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 going there. Um, he said don't stoop to the level, and I'm like, I'm trying desperately trying to figure out how to incorporate these. Mike, <laughs> I yeah, this I is, am not this good. Is... I am not good at this game. I am horrible at this game. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a bet being paid off here, by the way, for uh, the U.S. beating Mexico the other night, and and uh, if it isn't obvious soon, it probably will be. But, um, <laughs> but uh, Owen, what do, what do you think Danny would want? I mean, the, the the okay, let me just cut to the chase. First he thing we know. <laughs> No, he did, no, he did not. He, he didn't even ask. He did not even ask. I was he ready. Didn't have to. Yeah. He didn't have to. Um, he wanted to go get some sweets, like like we went we went candy shopping basically. And, Look, and he had hundred percent was on it. Pringles one hundred percent was on his list. Pringles um, Pringles were purchased. What else? Crunchies, was Danny like? Crunchies, crunchies were purchased, but that was that was my. That was my doing. Then we go into another store, and I'm holding three crunchy bars, and we're going to another store to get different sweets. And I'm standing there saying, "They're going to think that that we just picked these up here. How do we like not have to buy them again, at, or you know, at the second place?" So he's he's like, "Give them to me," and he uh, and, and he and he puts them deep down into his belly situation. Um, 
underneath clothes and like inside folds and like 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 it's they're hidden and i'm like great we're, some buzzer's gonna go off and we're going we're going to jail i mean it's gonna be the danny and 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 magic and jail show uh, but no it was fine it all worked out well and then we had a very romantic afternoon together um where i almost thought i was going to be killed um because of the way that he took me through this park but let me uh, let me find this here yeah so this is danny and i on a lovely yet slightly chilly afternoon in uh the town of god manchester how more how much more romantic could you get we've got church bells dead people, dead people. Oh. i think danny's taking me here to uh to make sure i don't go home tonight I'm filming four o'clock and all is well all is well until i become one of these statistics well, there's a big hole over here i need you to get in <laughs> and then if you just lay down and i'm gonna get some mud all, all of a sudden he can shuffle yes is that what those wrenches was did you did you take both of those wrenches uh inside or I may you well have, have one? one in my pocket and i'm gonna hit you across the back of the head with it. oh my god please uh my name is mike no. i'm 48 i have a family i haven't seen them in a long time but i still do actually love them and um and i hope i don't become one of these you're 49 no, not yet. Uh, I know I, I might look at that 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 you know nude. I'm, I have a 49 year old's body and a 48 year old's uh, mind. Uh, but all that walk was for to, was to get to this lovely location where we sat on a chair. He looked like he was very deranged and disturbed by me being there. Um, but it was a beautiful afternoon. We had a lovely dinner. We did a podcast on the Burke Camp Wonderland live from Danny's home and. Um, all I can say is it's it's the third time I've tried to get up there. The first time, um, honestly, I, I I was like kept getting hung over and distracted and 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 didn't end up making it up. The second time was COVID, uh, keeping me from doing it. But uh, um, you know, if invited, you should make the trip because Danny is as lovely and wonderful can in person as as he would appear. Can you to put be. that photo back up for me of the two yous on the bench, please, Mike? It's just something popped into my mind while well, well, Whilst I was looking at it, I just want to double check something here. Yeah, let me yeah, uh... if possible. So th there used to be a, a TV show in the UK, and it was sort of like where where these uh, people intervened, these health experts intervened um, with parents with the how they were raising their children. Okay, and it used to be basically like they would run a computer simulation at the end and be like, if your children keep eating the way they're eating and living their life the way they're living it, this is what they will look like when they are 40. <laughs> and you, you and Danny both look like two of the computer simulations of what their children would have looked like. Computer That's a fucked up computer if, it, if it's simulating... Right. And that's what they come up with. Is is Mike what Danny's going to look like if Danny keeps on eating? Is that what you're suggesting? We did, the, <laughs> we, did like the, we did the face swap thing, and it didn't come out that well because I didn't have Sebi do it. But, like, I mean, you wouldn't even know the difference. I, I even shaved my head right before the trip so, uh, right before the trip up there so that we would look even more identical. It's uncanny. It's, it's it, scary. It's it so is. close. It is. Um, and then um, I think – oh, this was, by the way, just quick – 
going back to the Leicester away day. This is this was at, at the uh, outside the stadium uh, or at that at that same pub in uh, in Leicester on the away day. The guy um, in the background, you just know he wants one. You just no, see him impressed. staring at you. In case anyone was wondering how um, I became the way I was later that evening, uh, that would be how. Um, what else do we have? I made an interesting trip up to Manchester. Kind of regret it in the sense that it was a lot of work for very little payoff. I mean, I, I, I got to see very little of the city. Um, didn't even make it into the game on time. I went to the Manchester City against Bruges. Um, I, you know, I figured that was my only way of seeing Champions League action, and there were like 20,000 tickets still on sale the day of the game. So, you know, go figure. Um Interesting stadium, interesting experience. Man, Man City were were rampant on the evening, um, but uh, uh, the one fun thing that I did do uh, was I went to the National Football Museum, and which is which is in the North Quarter or whatever. I, I I'm calling it the wrong thing, but um, it's in Manchester, and it's an interesting place. Now, if you've ever been to like uh, a wax museum with friends, like with goofy ne'er-do-well friends you can have a lot of fun in a wax museum because other than touching the sculptures you can pretty much do anything else that you want with the sculptures and i've got pictures of like me and my son and like you know like 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 doing i mean just hilarious pose pictures football museums kind of like that in the sense that there's some interactive experiences that you can do um pose for pictures and and, and that sort of stuff now it was hard because i was alone um, so what I'm saying is I'd like to go there with somebody and I think we could have a really fun afternoon, but this was one solo thing that you could do where essentially you could, um, you could become a match of the day presenter and, um, and, and call a, a famous game of the past. So this was my shining moment. I know, I know now I'm kind of known around the world as a broadcaster, as a media figure, um, you know, as, as, as an entity, if you will. Uh, but one thing I haven't been able to do is capture the some of our guests like Derek Ray and Ian Dark and 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 Peter Drury. I mean, they're masters at their craft, and now so am I. Hello, welcome to this special National Football Museum edition of Match of the Day. We've got a treat in store for you today: a classic match with a very special commentary. And this is who we had in the studio. Hello there. <laughs> it was a commentary I'll never forget. Let's see what you think. Thanks, Gary. We've got a massive FA Cup semi-final replay between Arsenal and Manchester United. It's 1-1 at extra time. Everything to play for. This is Mike. Magic Mike in the house. All I know is Tottenham will get that everywhere they go. Let's rejoin the action. Gibbs, this could be a good opportunity. For United, let's see how it develops. I don't like this at all. I must say, great run by the Pirates. Oh, shite! Absolute shite! Look at that ridiculous chest. No one, no one should be taking a shot unless they look like me. Big strikes after 109 minutes of football. This, the only solace that we've got as Arsenal surprise is that Tottenham got better and where they went. And uh, some fans are on the pitch and they think it's all over. And, uh, you know, it's hard to argue with that. F, 
going to head back to the studio. The greatest thing is I, I didn't know how long like it was just I thought it was gonna end about ten seconds before it ends. So I'm like I'm I'm done and I'm starting to vamp now. And then I just get out of the chair and the thing like swings up and, and hit but I did I did three of them. The first two were like ridiculous like like leads against West Ham in nineteen sixty two and, and, and like this one at least had Arsenal in it and um so I hope I did I did you proud. I went in and out of the accent. Uh, there were points where I was speaking exactly like I am now, and then, and then, of course, the other moments which I saw you giggling at while. Uh, oh, and you're you're uh, muted. Sorry, I was I was going to say uh, ironically, um, you sounded more like you had a, a severe speech impediment than you were from the UK. Yeah, I I, I, the funny thing is, I used to be able to do a, a better accent than I can now, but now now it and I think what ruined it is Lee judges because like when you hear him talk. It's like okay, I forgot what like a regular English accent is supposed to be, like. <laughs> and, and and this is what we ended up with. And you'll remember this from the West Ham Tottenham game at the end, which which we didn't start, but I think I finished. It. Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. I love the guy behind me. He loved it. He, he was, loved it. He was going along with it, and his wife or, or or partner, whoever that is next to him, was like, "What are you like? Why are you doing what this ridiculous person in front of you is doing? Like, like watch it again and just look at the guy behind." And then he looks over to his wife, like for permission. Yeah, I love like, she. That that defines the like the difference. A woman and a man, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because Mike is obviously off leash; he's free to run riot wherever he wants. And this guy obviously has a history of doing shit like this before. And you can see the not again, Alan. For fuck's sake, not again! And that checks eyes. And God help him, poor guy. This is why we we die younger, but we have way more fun. Yeah. I don't know. See, women play the, the longevity game. They they're gonna last long, but they never have as much fun as us men. Yeah, well, Mike, we with. almost <laughs> lost Mike on the stairs. Um, it was like uh, we almost had to get Mike. Oh. We almost had we, we all, almost had to get Sherpas from Everest to come in and help us off our seats. Yeah, I I don't have that video, but but the um, our seats at West. I, I've sat in a various. I, I've been to that stadium a couple times now as a neutral, and and uh, this time. The seats that we got were very good as far as like positioning on the on the sideline. They were you know close to the middle, but row sixty eight, and sometimes row sixty eight could be like, okay, well the concourse is at row forty nine, and so you just go up nineteen rows and you're there or something like that. No, the concourse was like row negative eight, and so you had to, if you were in row sixty eight, you had to go up like seventy six rows, and it was the second hardest time getting to my seat that I've ever had. The first time was at was at um, was was at uh, Real Madrid uh, Stadium because that that thing is like when you sit at the very top of Real Madrid, you're you're like ten feet away from the sideline, but you're about nine hundred feet in the air. It's so steep, um, like the steps are like literally you have to climb the steps. 
this was just so many things and 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 I'm about double uh the weight that I was the last time I was there so it 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 was you guys were taking video of it I could see you clowning me on the way up there's nothing I could do about it I'm like I just I just got to keep going put one foot in front of the other I, th- I think and, this is what I said to Tom I was like I'm actually concerned that Mike might have a problem because the fact that you were so committed that you were so committed to get up and go for a beer after that effort. I well, was stunned. I went I went for one beer, uh, and one beer only because I was not gonna do that a second time. So uh, but that was a good game. Good I mean that that was the best form I've seen that that crowd in at that stadium. Uh and they did. They beat they battered they battered Tottenham everywhere they went. <laughs> The the English accent that you use for the song had me just dying, Mike. Just this, this, for any reason, or you're like, ah, I uh, I'm in I'm in London, so this is what I'm going to go with. It, it, you know, I I I I think I'm at the point where people know I'm not making fun of them. Um, that I that I do enjoy and kind of want to bask in the. I mean, Englishism of everything. I mean, I, that the, the bell is about is about something. You know, it's not about laughing at it's about like just uh, I, I love it so so look can, can we jump on to, there's two of my it would be weird if someone came to the states and and they're like oh i just really want to go to some some hockey games and then and they and they're like let's go capitals and like like I mean, if like we judges started talking like that it, it, it might be a little bit weird but i i don't know I, no one's ever seen that we had a problem with it and it just it tends to happen proportionally more when i'm uh imbibing but yeah, can we jump? Work. Can we jump on it? There, there's two of my favorite memories, and one of them, uh, this is in, in order. Obviously, I'm gonna go to the the one later that night, and then I'll jump back to the other one because Mike, you can you can cover the second one for me. But after this match, obviously, we went to the pins. We had a couple of couple of beers. Then we went to uh, the Arsenal Tavern, um, and okay. I seemingly we went in, and we were. Mary, I would say that we had a couple of couple of pints already, and we went in there, and I um disappeared for a couple of hours, and there was a few guys around pool table. You got to explain that before it gets bad. What? You got to explain oh. what you were doing because, like, oh yeah, way, yeah, I disappeared for a little while. But well, so essentially, what happened was uh, whilst going towards the bathroom in the pub, uh, I spotted there was a pool table, there was a couple of guys playing, and I put some money down on the table. To get on for the next game and the guy asked me did i want to bet some money and i was like nah i mean i don't, I don't gamble on pool and uh, he was like oh 100 pound again nah nah it's all good i said so i tell you what if i win um the best out of three games you can buy me some drinks and if and, and if you beat me i'll buy you guys some drink and uh i didn't mention to him that i that i played competitive pool and i think by the end of it, I probably had about six or seven free pints. I couldn't. I actually had to just get off the table because I was too drunk. I couldn't see straight. Oh, and, and and you said after about thirty seconds, they were looking at you like like thank God he did he didn't like try to take us for money. Because... <laughs> but that's why I don't do it, man. Because it's so fucking stupid. It's so stupid. But well, and 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 I'm sure people end up wanting to fight you. Fight yeah. No, nah, it was it was it was good. I ended up pretty pissed off by the time I met back up with you guys about an hour and a half, two hours later. But Mike, the other one I was gonna mention was the VIP of that weekend for me. The guy well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, before before you do that, that same night, do you remember the confrontation that I got in at that pub? No. Okay. The <laughs> 
Did he we fight? Wrong to remember anything. I'm actually going to now prove what I just had said five seconds ago wrong, which is that no one ever gets mad at me when I when I do an accent or anything like that because because oh, there was yeah, uh, that's a <laughs> okay there there was like a private party going on and it was like it was the only way this this pub was open till like two a.m. and we somehow just got embraced by the people throwing the party. Uh, it was like a guy throwing a party for his wife or, or partner, um, and he just loved us and and loved that we were there. And one of the friends of the of the woman whose birthday it was was from uh, was she was from uh, Newcastle Never Never or heard. Liverpool? Yeah, Liverpool or Newcastle. And um, and and I said something stupid like, "Oh, hi, I'm Mike from from New, from like Liverpool." Like 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 I I tried to and and she got so angry and 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 then, you know what it made sense because like she's like I'm so tired of people doing that to make fun. you know the, it, it's it, it's insulting and I'm like I didn't mean it that way I really didn't mean it that way but I can see your point and I like begged for her forgiveness but she was getting ready to kick my ass yeah fuck um, her your yeah. shit's from Liverpool you're lucky she didn't fucking stab you in the neck um but then the the no I was gonna say like my VIP of the entire trip my hero. My guy, and I'm not sure whether you have any videos of this or not. But the dude in the apartments at West Ham when we were leaving um, oh. the stadium, that guy was my hero. I, um, uh, I let you I... run through this story, Mike. But the confidence that guy has to approach thousands of people and be so adamant that he's in the right was, was I think, just it was completely. I admired him. Yeah, admired we, him. we, um, you know, the, 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 the vlogs that I've been putting out and I just, I, I uploaded a, a big batch of them last night. Um, you know, I'm trying to edit them when I have time, which is not much, but um, the non game day ones, the non Arsenal game day ones are going to be coming up last. So one of the ones you'll see soon is when we went to West Ham against Tottenham. And in that one, you will see the video of this guy, but there's these massive high rises along the route that you have to walk, which is a lengthy one to get from the Olympic stadium to Stratford, train station and and obviously yeah. they were doing the pedestrian control with red light green light so people were masses of people were being held up for five minutes at a time just yeah and, and I, I i wish i could quickly get this up here but i'm not i'm just not going to be able to do it but there was a guy like 35th floor 40th floor of this apartment building just screaming and gesticulating at, at the, the throngs of people below yeah i mean i don't even know what he was yelling at them you should, shut the fuck up he had an expectation of peace and quiet 30 minutes after an, a, a, a west ham game living on that route but but he was he was going crazy and people were like shouting jump at him i think over and over again they're like yeah. jump 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 <laughs> And the best part was remember the policeman came over the the megaphone and said ignore the twat. Oh yeah, ignore the twat on the high on, on the, in the apartment or in the flat. Uh, ignore the twat, please. <laughs> Face forward and walk across the street. That that's her VIP for the weekend, really. Yeah, man, just the balls that took that guy, and he was so adamant, like he disappeared from one window and popped out of another. You know, like them little corner things that, or what do you call the moles that jump up and down? That's what is. 
and I was straight up convinced. I was like, I think I actually said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all my American brothers, but one of the first things I said to Mike and, and our friend Tom Rosenhammer was, thank fuck this isn't America, because that dude would just shoot us all. Oh, yeah, no, seriously, yeah. I mean, that, that was not a worry for us, unfortunately. Or, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my VIP for the weekend is you for recommending that we leave the Palace game about 15 <laughs> minutes before the end. Um Explain why that was important to you and, and, and how you almost got in a fight with someone st- sitting right behind us. <laughs> oh, yeah, that fuck. <laughs> no, so basically, that's something I realized that... Um, I'll politely we're going to wrap up, up shortly, by the way. Yeah, but... I'll, I'll, polite, I'll politely put this across. But um, I would say that that you, yourself and Tom maybe don't have the street smarts. <laughs> That maybe that maybe I would have, and I uh, even on the train in, I, I knew that these Newcastle fans were were pretty rowdy. They were, they were doing a lot of like a radical gesturing towards um, the Crystal Palace fans. The Crystal Palace fans were getting rowdy, and and just the atmosphere in the stadium. I said this is going to get fucking nasty real quick after this game ends, and and the fact that we're going to have to be stuck on the train with these people on the way back. It was like. I don't really don't care that much about Crystal Palace against Newcastle. This is go early, get back, get some pints, and 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 enjoy ourselves there. But yeah, the the Crystal the Palace second half, the second half. I mean, the first half was just boring AF. We we were literally falling yeah. asleep. The second half was much much more entertaining. So it was a little harder to like extract ourselves from what was a one one game at that point. Mm-hmm. Getting really excited, kind of was boiling over on the pitch a little bit, and uh, but it was the right move to make because. In the end, um, you know, to to stand on that platform at Norwood Junction or, or wherever it was that we were going to be leaving from, with all those same people plus two hours of drinking and yeah. a, and a feisty game at, at that point, I love the whole culture and the the whole mania around football. But like you said, I had no horse in the ma- I had no no stake in the match. I had no skin in the game. So I like mm. just just to be there. And get caught up in it. Uh, and we got to see, we got not. to get back to the pub and see United uh, getting smashed up by Liverpool, which which is oh, always good. Um, but no, the Crystal Palace fan, I'll, I'll let you cover that because that was that was more so your interaction more than uh, I think I closed the situation maybe a little. But yeah, the closer we we um, I couldn't get we we got those tickets pretty late. So what I ended up getting were were tickets that were like kind of in the same format as our pictures are here on the screen. There were there were two with one open seat in between them and then one seat behind. And I'm figuring, all right, whoever's got that seat in between the two seats isn't going to be so adamant about staying there that they won't move back one row. If I, you know, if I throw them off what I thought would be a fiver, um, you know, to sit literally one row behind where he was sitting and not have to be in between us. So I asked the guy that, I'm thinking he was fine with it and that he wasn't really even asking for the fiver, but then I go in my wallet and all I've got is a 10. And so I ask you if you've got a fiver and you hand him a 10. Um, so apparently, A, I'm cheap. Um, <laughs> B, I can't read any situations because I thought he was more than happy to do it. And then after the game, I find out that he was apparently being quite a quite a twat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently. he was being a con. Yeah, essentially what he said was, um, you're you're lucky, man. Um, something along the lines of not everybody will be, or yeah, a bit of warning for the future. Not everybody will be so nice about it. And it, it's like fuck you, bro. 
Yeah. So we, uh, we went, we took him behind the stadium and, and beat him. Yeah, fucking curb and stomped then, him. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just about out. The, the, the only th- the only thing I've got left is just an example of how giddy we were after the Villa game. Uh, I mean, that, that game was incredible. The night was incredible. I think this is at the Tollington afterwards, but uh, let's just get this out here. We won the game. We did win the game, Mike. Um, we battered the team. Look, I mean, like, I mean, like, fucking win. We're better than most teams. I mean, who? Play that way. Emilio, who? Emilio, Emiliano. Jimmy, Ann, who? That guy sucked. He sucked. He sucked. I could have, I, I could have scored a goal past that motherfucker. No, I thought he's got a strong left. He's got a strong left. Did we win? We won. No, no alcohol had been drank by that point. Do you want to know what I noticed about all that? Man, call them Damien. You can start to see when 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 the drink really kicked in because I kept thinking you were taking photos at the start of every video. Yeah, the first ten seconds of every video is, <laughs> and it and it isn't even as soon as I start talking that you realize it's like five seconds after that that you realize it. <laughs> but the be- no, the best one, I absolutely love it because it puts into context how long we had been out in comparison to everybody else, which was your fan cam interview with Ryan Rowcastle, oh, <laughs> and the the questions you asked that dude, and <laughs> no, it was horrible. Yeah. I, 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 my only crowning thankfulness is, is that the, the, I saw him twice after that at both the 89 uh, classical music gala, which was really interesting. And then again at the Arsene Wenger thing. And both times he didn't seem pissed at me. Uh, he was very warm and, and, uh, and, and seemed happy to see me. So, uh, so yeah, but, but that look, the last few days in London, it was like, I'd see people for like the eighth time, like, 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 like James McNicholas, I would see at these events, and he's like, "How long? You're still here?" <laughs> it was like a cross between annoyance and wonderment. Like, like, how are you still here? When do you go home? Uh, well, the answer is, I go home tomorrow, and uh, and I hope to be accepted back into the Feinberg family. Um, and uh, you know, it's been good to get. We need to get back on a regular schedule here of of podcasting because it is uh, podcasting is what has made this whole trip happen and, and go the way that it went through the people that we met and all that. So, um, uh, Mikey, what's been your highlight of the, uh, of the international break so far? What was your favorite game and least favorite game? Well, least favorite, um, <laughs> watching my Dos timeline. Acero. Dos acero, yeah. Watching my timeline flooded of, uh, of you Yanks celebrating America beating uh, Mexico. I mean, that, that's never fun. I, I enjoy the DMs just taking some, you know, taking the piss out of my fellow Americans. But yeah, obviously I'm, I'm rooting for Mexico in that situation. But uh, that was that was not great. Other than that, dude, honestly, I, I don't watch a whole lot of international football. I, for me, it's a complete drag. Like every time we're on, I'm like, fuck, I want club football to come back. I, I just can't get motivated for internationals unless it's the actual tournament. So I'm uh, just here sad waiting for my beloved arsenal to get back i see fans expectations slowly rising and hope rise as more liverpool players get injured so well, yeah uh, i mean look, we'll look see if how we, that game goes man 
if we come out and get a result against Liverpool, I think it's, you know, things are going to be uh, – We're winning I think, the league for sure. I think, if, I think if we don't get a result against them, but we don't completely shit the bed in the, in the, in the sense of what we did when we played Manchester City earlier this year, I think the, the faith will hold. Like it'll be like, you know, kind of this, you know, like, like people look at uh, stock charts and like, you know, Bitcoin and stuff. They're like, we can, we can, we can hold this without completely crashing. Uh, but if we beat them, bang, to the moon. Uh, oh, and is it coming home for England, by the way? Oh, fuck off. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, the fuck you asked me about international football for? I'm Irish. I have no fucking reason to watch it. Um, it's not coming home. Don't be silly. All right. Final thing for the final thing for the podcast. Let's uh, let's let's give our early predictions. Liverpool away is what? Um, is it Saturday or Sunday? Uh, of this coming week, I don't even know. Mike Hernandez is going to Google it. He's I'm like currently googleizing it. He's like right young. And, and I'm I'm acting like that affects what what my out what my yeah no because look we would have easily won the game three one on a Sunday, but it's Saturday morning. So that morning. completely changes everything. Yeah. That'd All be right. Saturday, well, 9 30 my time, which God knows what time it is for you guys. I always get that. Oh, that's a 5 30 p.m. That's the perfect, that's the perfect timing um, for, nice. for going to the pub. Um, I'm gonna start off by saying the same thing I've said for the last eight weeks, which is that we're gonna draw. It's gonna be it's gonna be one one. Um, and uh and bring on the confidence for the for what's the following game after that? Newcastle? I've got no clue what the schedule is. I just know I know who we're playing, but in, not in what in any particular order. Uh, You're like we're John gonna play to, all the teams eventually, but uh, yeah, that how, to, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, Newcastle at home, yeah, and then we're away at Newcastle at home, and then we're away at United. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, oh, those are two gimmies. Um, yeah, right there, Mikey. What do you think? Point. What do you think? Mark Mark's agreeing with me because he's a very smart individual. Um, two two. Uh, I'm hoping, you know what, one zero with with our our reputation intact is what I'm gonna say. And I don't know what reputation is that for some fans because our reputation is to absolutely shit the bed. But I think that if we could lose this game one zero, but sh- like actually show that we're, we've closed the gap to some extent. I would be thrilled with that, but I mean, so I'm going to well, say one, one zero. zero by well, losing one zero by definition would be closing the gap, uh, not completely, but it would be. Yeah, so I'm, I, that's what it, that would be nice. But obviously, I mean, if, if we could, if we could just end like one one or, or two one, our favor. Uh, who knows? Aubameyang might might be on his A game. He might owe us. Feel like he's owes us a uh, a good performance after the last outing he had. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Owen? <laughs> I'm gonna um, sort of hold hold back uh, with the the optimism, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say a two one Liverpool win, but it will be more competitive. And and to use uh, words that you have said in the past, Mike uh, Feinberg, I, I'll quote you: "This loss is a better loss." Is you know. <laughs> I got roasted for saying that, and I knew the second the, the I knew the second the words came out of my mouth that it was that that it was going to be not taken out of context, but but taken like way out of context. I have that tattooed across my chest. Lose better. Lose better. 
<laughs> Lose bestest for sure. We have the best losses of everybody. Um, Joy Boy CFC, who I'm guessing is a Chelsea supporter, welcome here anytime and thanks for your uh, for your big ups. Um, but I thought um, it was Charlton. What makes you think? Uh, no, that's CAFC. Um, what makes you think you can beat Liverpool and just ignore the losses to Chelsea City? Fair enough. Be happy with former. Don't get ahead of yourself. Well, the three of us have just collectively picked two losses and a, a two two really good losses. And can, one I, uh, draw. Can, can I put a counter to that just before? We're I mean, we, we do have a different squad than than exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like to look around ahead, but yeah. Yeah, when you look around our, our, our starting eleven, the informed players, Aaron Ramsdale, um Gabriel, I think, was still out at that stage. Um, ben White wasn't in the squad, Tommy Asu wasn't in the squad, Sambi Lakonga the, the, wasn't our, there. Our current back four weren't there. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. If you're like if you're if you're taking into account that Tavares on current form, you could the, you can make an argument that he's ahead of Tierney, um, even though we've seen some impressive highlights of Tierney in the international break. That that back five, including Ramsdale, weren't there at the beginning of the season. So, look, there, there's I, I'm optimistic as ever. So I'm, I'm hoping for a win. I go into these games hoping for a win, but uh, I try to temper my my expectations. And I, you know, kind of one of those hope for the best, expect the worst type of situations. Uh, Mike wants us to lose one zero, but um, I don't think it's vastly like it is like. 100% impossible to, to get a point off of them, is what I could say. I mean, just if we're just looking Brighton, at current form. Brighton yeah. did it, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, Brighton did it, and West Ham got all three. I mean, like, like it, it, they, they are kind of, if, if, if ever they've been in a dip, well, you know, you just never know what to expect because they can, as we saw back-to-back games against Watford and, and, and Manchester United, both away from home, 5-0 wins, they can be un- unplayable. And then they can also just have a rough time. And if Sané is hurt, like or Mane is hurt as uh, as as he appears to be, and you just never know what's going to happen. So again, I I uh, I'm going to call a draw because it seems to be working pretty well for me. And uh, and and uh, because we do have to end here, Joy Boy or J Boy is a J of Joy Boy. Um, uh, we're gonna not intentionally ignore your continued uh, interaction because we would love to interact with you, but we got to head out because at least two of these boys have something to do tonight. Uh, and in fact, I've got to go have dinner with my lovely daughter who I will then be saying goodbye to and going home. So I'm coming home, even if it's not coming home. Uh, Owen, Mike coming home to new locks, coming home to new locks. I've, there's going to be this strange man that lives in my house yeah. now. Hi, uh, Mike. This my, is Vince. Yeah, <laughs> This is Vince. Uh, he's, Steph has a new uh, roommate. Yeah, yeah. I think Mike just had a stroke. <laughs> he bowed out already. He didn't yeah, want to deal with yeah. it. So, <laughs> hang on, that Michael. Um, do you want to know what, folks? We'll just close the show. I'm not even going to play an outro video. Michael sends his regards. Thanks for watching, and we'll see us next week. Later. Good luck, people. <laughs>